What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Monday edition of primetime action here on VSIN. Matt Brown, Adam Burke. We've got Kelly Bidlin behind the glass and. It is a Monday in which we have crowned a new champion in the NFL. We will talk about that, how that all played out. We'll grade some, all of, actually, we'll grade a lot of prop bets, actually, to see how those all played out. We can talk and maybe discuss, did we miss any opportunities? Do we think that stuff went awry in some different way, shape, or form? So we'll talk about that. We'll talk some hockey with Andy McNeil, who led me in a very good direction a little bit earlier today. We'll also talk to Johnny Avello from DraftKings and see if there's anything Anything interesting that happened with them over the course of the weekend as well? Did they win? Did they lose? Was the cup, was the cup MVP a bad or good outcome for them? All kinds of stuff we will ask him. Had that gone to Aaron Donald, would that have been a really bad situation? Because we know that those odds plummeted on Aaron Donald throughout the course of the week as well. But first, we do have some tip-offs in the NBA we got one right now, actually, if you want to bet the Pistons and the Warriors. Right now, the Wizards, I mean, the uh, Pistons and the Wizards, the Wizards are three, three-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Pistons, a total anywhere between 216-and-a-half all the way to 217-and-a-half. 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, we have the Thunder and the Knicks. The Knicks are 10, 10-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Thunder. That is anywhere from 206-and-a-half to 208-and-a-half, the total. In that one, uh, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, the Kings and the Nets. The Kings are one to two point road favorites over the Nets. 229, 229 and a half is your total. Raptors and Pelicans at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. The Raptors are three, three and a half point road favorites over the Pelicans. 219 and a half to 220 your total. 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific, the Spurs and the Bulls. Bulls are anywhere from two to three point home favorites over the Spurs. 234, 234 and a half is your total. Eight Eastern, five Pacific, the Blazers and the Bucks. The Bucks are 11 and a half to 12 point home favorites. Big favorites there. Total of 225 and a half. Nine Eastern, six Pacific, we got the Magic and the Nuggets. The Nuggets are big 12 point home favorites against the Magic. 224 and a half, 225. Your total, 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, the Rockets and the Jazz. The Jazz, you want to talk about big home favorites, how about 15? Jazz are 15-point home favorites. 232.5 to 233.5 is the total. And then the final tip of the evening, 10.30 Eastern, 7.30 Pacific. We've got the Warriors and the Clippers. The Warriors are 6-point road favorites over the Clippers. A total of 218 
to 218 and a half. We have a few puck drops tonight as well. The Red Wings and the Wild come at you at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. If you want the Wild as home favorites, minus 235. You want the Red Wings as road dogs, plus 190. At 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, we have the Maple Leafs and the Kraken. And this is the bet of the night for me. Andy McNeil put me on. I cannot thank him enough. I'm glad we have him on a little bit later. He said, this is the night did to you bet say, did you against the, Maple Leafs? the Kraken. What? <laughs> you said the Maple Leafs. <laughs> yeah. The Oilers. Isn't it the Oilers? No, it's the Maple Leafs against the Kraken. Oh, I screwed up. <laughs> yeah. I wrote your bet down wrong, man. It's the Maple Leafs against the Kraken. Minus 260 on the Maple Leafs. The Kraken are plus 215 as home underdogs. I took the puck line in this one on the Maple Leafs. They're going to win. They're gonna, I got plus money. It's even here. I, I got plus money on this thing earlier today. See, this is why you listen to Andy McNeil early on. Head over to VEASAN.com for all of his stuff. 9 Eastern, 6 Pacific, the Blackhawks and the Jets. The Jets minus 165 home favorites. The Blackhawks plus 145 road underdogs. And then the final NHL game of the night, the Oilers and the Sharks. The Oilers are minus 160 road favorites over the Sharks. The Sharks are plus 135 home underdogs. Adam, what are you looking at from a betting perspective tonight? And then what are we looking at in college basketball? Yeah, I'm just looking at college basketball tonight. Nothing in the NBA Mm -hmm. or in the NHL for me. A game that just tipped off about a minute and a half in here so far. The Commonwealth clash between Virginia and Virginia Tech. We'll be keeping an eye on that one here throughout the night. Virginia Tech closed a four and a half point favorite. A robust total of 118 and a half. For this one, first game was 54-52, by the way. So not expecting a whole lot of offense here tonight in Blacksburg. Uh, It's a pretty small college basketball card overall, but there are a few games. West Virginia, Kansas State also just tipped off in Manhattan. Kansas State closed a a three-and-a-half-point favorite in that game. Really good one up in Rhode Island from the A-10 with Dayton and Rhode Island, the Flyers and the Rams. Flyers, a two-point road favorite in this game. Total 126 for that one. Uh, So another low-scoring expectation in that matchup between Dayton and Rhode Island. Oklahoma State, Kansas, a game that I've got to play on here tonight. Kansas, a 10.5 point favorite at home. Total 143.5. Georgetown and Creighton just played over the weekend. They're playing again, but this time out in Omaha, where Creighton, a 10.5 point favorite. Total 142. Then a little Pac 12 after dark tonight. Oregon hosting Washington State. The Ducks, a five point favorite. Total in that game, anywhere from 134 to 135, depending on where you look out there in the marketplace. Kelly, any news and notes in the NBA we should know about? Yeah, uh, plenty of injuries as usual. Lou Dort out for the Oklahoma City Thunder. If you're looking to take 10 points with them against the Knicks tonight, you should be aware of that. The Nets uh, uh, pretty shorthanded against Sacramento. Sacramento rolling into Brooklyn as a two-point favorite on the road. Uh, you will have no Durant, no Irving. Uh, obviously, there no Ben Simmons tonight. He was will not be in the lineup for a while. We don't know the timetable on that yet. However, Andre Drummond and Seth Curry will be suiting up for the Nets tonight, and LaMarcus Aldridge and Nicholas Claxton will be back in the lineup as well. I actually looked pretty closely at that game. Almost took the two points uh, with the Nets. Uh, no Giannis tonight for the Bucks. They are still going to be laying 11 points at home. Uh, one bet I do have tonight. I took the Spurs first quarter, Matt Brown, first quarter against the Bulls. A first quarter bet. Best first quarter ATS team in the league versus the worst a- uh, ATS team in the league in the first quarter. I'm also going to look at the Spurs live. Net rating this team over the past month. These teams are about equal in net rating over the past month. No Zach Levine for the Bulls tonight. So, uh the only a three-point spread I thought was a little off. So I took them in the first quarter, and then I will be looking at the Spurs live as well to this evening.
So I don't know if you guys know or not, there was a pretty big football game uh, yesterday evening. It went down with um, a touchdown coming in the final minute of the final two minutes of the game in favor of the Rams. The Rams win. They do not cover. So if you had the if you had any number basically on Cincinnati, you got there. Even if you got the worst of it with the three and a half, you still got there. Um, fours available for the majority of the time. Four and a halfs were available a good amount of the time as well. So as long as you were on Cincinnati at any sort of number, you got this home. Frankly, we were talking about this from a Rams perspective anyway. If you were looking to bet the Rams with the way that the money line kind of gets skewed during Super Bowls where everybody wants to bet the underdog on the money line, you were getting a pretty good value on the Rams as it was anyway. So you should have been playing them on the money line as opposed to laying the four anyway. So hopefully you took that piece of advice that we talked about pretty much for the entire two weeks leading into the actual kickoff. But when all said and done, 23 to 20 in favor of the Rams over the Bengals. The total stays under the closing number of 48 and a half. We did see it tick up very slightly to 49 at a couple of books here and there. And then it did go back down to 48 and a half where it pretty much was in concrete the majority of the two weeks whenever this game uh, opened up. Look, 15 and a half is where it started, gets immediately bet down, and then it just stayed at 48 and a half. The whole entire time. Adam, I asked you before we got going here uh, how it was for you yesterday. You said, "Eh, you know, pretty break even. But from a life experience, hey, you won, right? Yeah, absolutely. It was a great time down at Stadium Swim there at Circa on the balcony level. And, uh, you know, beautiful sunset. Once the sun went down, it was actually perfect outside. Mm -hmm. It was just phenomenal to watch. And and I'm used to, you know... uh, Typically back home, I'd go to a Super Bowl party with my dad, and, yeah. and we'd have two inches of snow on the ground when we came out. So, you know, it was nice not to have that being out here in Vegas. But, yeah, I mean, the props, I mostly broke even. I had Cincinnati plus the four and a half, so I'm glad that got there. But, you know, look, really when you look at this game, a, a lot of stuff went under. Not only did the game go under, Stafford under passing yards, Burrow under passing yards. You had, uh, you know, T. Higgins was a play I liked over receptions five and a half. That didn't get there. Jamar Chase barely got over his yardage prop. You know, Cooper Cup, under both receptions and receiving yards, still wins the MVP, which is something Kelly and I were talking about before we started the show here. Uh, look, you know, it was – I'm not going to say it was a bad game, but I don't know. It was, it was kind of lacking excitement. I mean, the Bengals, they were, the Bengals were, what, three for 14 on third down? You know, they were one for three in the red zone. The Rams were three for three. That basically defined the game right then and there. Um, you know, the game obviously changed when Odell Beckham went out because it looked like the Rams were just going to control it, and then Beckham goes out. And I don't know why Cooper Cup didn't have 20 targets in that game, but, you know, Sean McVay insisted on trying to establish the run. He's lucky he got away with it. Yeah, it is um, unfortunately reported that it was likely an ACL injury there for Odell Beckham. Anytime you see that kind of non-contact stuff, you know, you always think the worst. And unfortunately, it looks like that is going to be the case here for him. And it's unfortunate from a couple of different standpoints. One, for this Rams team that, you know, he had already said he would have accepted less money even just to stay on with the Rams. I mean, obviously, once he was was in there as that number two to kind of replace Robert Woods as well, I mean, he stepped in and I think outdid what anybody thought he was going to be able to do there for Los Angeles. Now, if he was going to re-sign, you get Woods back, you, then you have Cup. You still have a really, really, really robust offense there, but that's not going to be the case. I mean, it would take – it would take a miracle recovery for him to be back at the beginning of the season next year. Yeah, and that's what the second time in 16 months he's torn the same ACL. So, you know, obviously a major concern there for him being a free agent. And as you said, you know, really fitting in nicely there with the Rams. So, and also, too, we were talking about it before we came on the air. 
there's nothing being said about Joe Burrow and the injury that he suffered to his knee because that didn't look very good either. And he had a pretty pronounced limp as he was coming off the field. Yeah, I can only imagine we're going to hear something about that before this is, you know, in the next 48 hours because there's there's something, unless he has, unless that other knee is made of something that is otherworldly or whatever. Like, <laughs> I mean, the leg bent in a, in a fashion in which, like, if that were you or I or Kelly back there, one, we would never have gotten up and gone off on our own on our own power. Two, we certainly would never have gotten back in the game. And three, we wouldn't be here tonight because we'd be laid up somewhere on some real good drugs. Yes, real good drugs for sure. A uh, little bit of NBA uh, news here as we head on out. The Sixers do say that James Harden is out through the All-Star break. He is still dealing with a little bit of a left hamstring injury there. So uh, James Harden not going to play through the All-Star break. We'll talk a bunch of Super Bowl here on the other side. It's primetime action. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening if you love sports and true crime then there's a new podcast from executive producer dan patrick and hosted by me jay harris that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals each week i'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever i'm talking marcus dixon olympic gymnastics kane velasquez salacious super bowl level scandals Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Our very own Brent Musburger sat down with legendary sports better Billy Walters for his second interview ever to the public. Got to go check this out. The full hour of this exclusive interview is one of the most feared sports bettors of all time, currently available at vsin.com. Full interview for free right now over at vsin.com. And again, this is a real, real, real get for everyone here at the network. Billy Walters, only his second interview he's ever done. And Adam, again, if you've never... If you don't know the name, if you don't know what kind of went on and everything with Billy Walters, I suggest you go back and watch the 60 Minutes piece first and then come and watch this interview so that you have a full understanding of everything that went on. But um, just a, a an unbelievable icon basically in our world, right, in our bubble. Yeah, absolutely. A phenomenal get for us, a great interview. And, of course, too, part of what was an outstanding weekend of Super Bowl coverage. You know, all the hosts, all the producers, all the PAs, everybody who had a hand in that. We had all kinds of tremendous guests. A lot of really, really good coverage. I know a lot of people were very happy with it, myself included. Uh, I think we were a tremendous asset for a lot of people out there. So looking forward to what we do here with March Madness coming up as well. Speaking of being a tremendous asset, why don't you be an asset in the college basketball world here and tell some people <laughs> where uh, where they can make some money tonight? Well, 
Well, that's a fantastic segue, and, and hopefully I can live up to it here uh, with the plays for tonight. Uh, as I mentioned, you know, at the top of the show, got some pretty decent games tonight on a pretty small card across college basketball. Uh, that late night Pac-12 game here with Wazoo and Oregon, I like the under 135 in that one. Wazoo's a pretty strong defensive team. Oregon very bad at the free throw line. Two teams that turn the ball over a lot. So I think it's going to be a game that stays under that 135 total. Oklahoma State getting 10.5 against Kansas there at Fog Allen. Kansas has had real problems in Big 12 play with forcing turnovers. They're actually dead last in the conference, 15.3% turnover rate on defense, and they have the second or the third highest, excuse me, turnover percentage on offense. So I feel like it's very tough if you're going to have turnovers and you're not going to force any turnovers from the opposition, very tough to cover a number as a double-digit favorite. So I like Oklahoma State a little bit in that game tonight. Uh, the over between Northern Colorado and Southern Utah, I had Northern Colorado a few weeks ago when I was filling in. They scored 99 points and lost the game. <laughs> so they are a horrific defensive basketball team. First game was played to 76 possessions between these two teams, and there were 172 points, 91-81 in that game. Don't really see a whole lot more defense in this one tonight. So the over in that Southern Utah, Northern Colorado game in Greeley. Then finally, Creighton and Georgetown just played over the weekend. Creighton won by 14 in D.C. I expect them to win by more than 10 and a half here tonight. Georgetown's a really bad defensive team. Bad matchup here for them against Creighton. So Creighton laying 10 and a half is a play I made tonight. Kelly, and just to refresh everybody, you are on a first quarter bet. First tonight. quarter Spurs against the Bulls. No Zach Levine for the Bulls tonight. Uh, net rating over the past month, these teams are about equal in. So taking advantage of a of a uh, spread that uh, I think I think is a little uh, a little off here tonight in this game. I'm going to be looking at the Spurs live though. This is the best first quarter ATS team in the league versus the worst first quarter ATS team in the league. Matt, and not, I'm on whoever's bet, playing. I'm not, on whoever's playing the Kraken. I don't even remember who it is right now. I thought it was the Oilers. <laughs> we already screwed that. I'm up. on who. It's the Maple Leafs. There it is. The there it is. Yeah. There we go. There we go. I gave you plus 105. Was that close? It was 110, but that's okay. 110. Doesn't okay. matter. It's it's it really and truly doesn't matter at all. But yes, I'm on the Maple Leafs minus one 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 and a half goals. And honestly, uh, we'll figure out why that is whenever we talk to Andy McNeil here a little bit later. Because hey, I texts, don't even I don't know. I don't even know. He, he just knows I want to bet the Kraken against them every time I can. Yeah, he texts you to play something, you play it. That's how it goes. Yeah, I mean, when it comes down to betting against the Kraken, I'm in pretty much every single time. So I'm glad that he was able to. To put that out there. Uh, before we get to these Super Bowl odds, a couple of other just little news and notes here that I do want to hit on. I mean, the the betting handle here, we knew that this was going to be massive. I mean, they put out these numbers pretty much instantly with, with everything. But over in New York, since they went live with mobile on January the 8th, they have $1.98 billion in sports bets since they began here. So the first 30 days are going to clear $2 billion there in New York. It is just absolutely ridiculous that in the first 30 days they become the sports betting capital of the world. And, Adam, it's not like we didn't think that that was going to eventually be the case. I did not think that was going to be the case directly out of the shoot. But these nobody wasted any time here. They lost right at the right time for the, for the NFL playoffs and for the Super Bowl. And sure enough, I mean, it took them all of 30 days to take the crown from everywhere else in the rest of the country. Yeah, absolutely. And and also, too, I'll be really curious to see what the numbers look like in New Jersey. You know, how much they're down year over year because now people don't have to go from New York City to New Jersey to make their bets. And also, too, real quick, Nevada Sportsbooks, mm-hmm. they set a record, $179.8 million wagered on Super Bowl 56 here. That's $21.2 million higher than the previous high mark, which was in 2018. So you know, I think something that's really interesting about that is it sort of showcases – 
the regional factors that can come into play, right? California does not have legal sports mm-hmm. betting. The Rams are in the Super Bowl. Probably not that big of a surprise that we decimated the previous record here in the state of Nevada. What happens in New York if somewhere down the line, and it will take a while, mm-hmm. The Giants or the Jets or somebody does end up in a well, Super Well, the Bills Bowl. were almost there. Right, yeah, the, that's a good point. Yeah, the yeah. Bills could very well. And, of course, you know, as we'll talk about here shortly, mm-hmm. they are the co-favorites to win next year's Super Bowl. But, yeah, I mean, what's going to happen when we get, you know, an East Coast team, a big East Coast presence in this game? So, Chad Graff from The Athletic. How do y'all like I mean, I think y'all are going to love this percentage. Says there's a 25% chance Kirk Cousins is traded in the offseason. 25% chance. So one in four that he's going to be traded. Going out on a ledge. Yeah, it's like, it's kind of like, so if it happens, it's a big enough number to raise. Be like, see, I told you he's going to be tra- traded. But then if it doesn't, he's like, yeah, I only said it was a 25% chance. So that's, that's all there is to it. So I don't know if that's any real news right there at all. Uh, the one I guess that really is kind of news is an NFL executive said that the commanders could, air quote, justify trading the 11th pick in the draft for Jimmy Garoppolo. So that is uh, one of the more interesting things that I did see come out today where you kind of look at this and say, so Jimmy Garoppolo, we figure he's going to start somewhere next season. It's certainly not going to be in San Francisco. Washington could trade for him. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is that How good of a fit is that? I don't really know. I, I feel mean, like it's only 25% a good fit. <laughs> it's, it's 25% a fit. I mean, so if I, it I fits, then you're like, see, I told you it's 20 minutes. If it doesn't, then you're like, yeah, I said it was only 25%. Well, the, the, take your 25% and go get Kirk Cousins. Right. I, right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's better than getting Jimmy Garoppolo. Not, not to mention, look, there was all that talk about Garoppolo, you know, playing in the cold weather, going up to Green Bay and all that. Not that it's miserable, you know, mm-hmm. in, in that D.C., Virginia area. But still, I mean, you, know, you get some bad weather there. You get some bad weather in Philadelphia and – you know, all those games yeah. on the East Coast and the Northeast and everything. I mean, I guess my question for y'all that I that was really the thing that stood out to me whenever I read this was, one, would you trade that high of a first-round no. pick no. for Jimmy Garoppolo and you're taking on that contract? So it's like it's, it's a, yeah. it's, it's a, a double-edged sword. Yeah, yeah, it's like a double-edged sword. You're, like you're, getting, you're getting not only having to give up a, an 11th – look, the 11th overall pick and understand that this draft isn't super, super top-heavy, but the more that – people are kind of starting to break this draft down. It seems like it could at least be fairly deep, right? It's not like super top-heavy, but at least could be fairly deep. And an 11th pick and then taking on that ma- that big contract for Garoppolo, like it just seems like a lot, does it not? Uh, I think it seems ex- extreme and kind of like Adam just hinted at, like I like if we compare Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo, I would much rather have Kirk Cousins as my quarterback. And like, yeah. I mean, not, not saying that Washington's going to go do that again, obviously, but the... I don't know. I, no, there's no way I would give up that much for him. I mean, why not just draft Kenny Pickett? Why not yeah. just hold the pick, draft Kenny Pickett, yes. Pickett yes. And, and go on his rookie contract for four or five years and see what happens. And see what you can do, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, instead of – because I feel like it's a reach to take on that contract with Garoppolo, who, again, we know is – I think his his ceiling is like league average, right? I mean, like, right. and so yeah. you don't know what Pickett's ceiling is. His ceiling could be – a top 10 quarterback for all we know. Right. I mean, like you, I think you would much rather take that gamble on a guy whose ceiling, you know, is, is basically league average. And I don't think if you're Washington, you're probably looking, thinking we're going to immediately come in and contend for this division or anything like that. I mean, with the way that the Cowboys are set up, I mean, why not just 
pay Teddy Bridgewater instead of giving up the 11th. Yeah. Is Teddy Bridgewater that much worse than Jimmy Garoppolo? I, I mean, it might th- even be better. A that, right, A that, but B also like, how is there even, how is this a plan before you go and approach a, like talk to an Aaron Rodgers, a Russell mm. Wilson? Like if you're going to go try to get a real quarterback, go get a real quarterback. Yeah. If you're gonna give up an eleven, if you're gonna give up the eleven, like you said, I mean, you bring up you bring up Russell Wilson. If he really wants out of Seattle, could like could you not entice Seattle with like the eleventh pick and whatever and something else, you know, and what and something else, right? Like you could go with a first round pick, a player, and then a, a future pick. Like I think there's there's other ways to kind of look at this as well. And then you know I mean, we're are, we're never gonna start. What's that? Are they just like floating something to get all the discussion away from the whole Dan Snyder thing Maybe again? So. I mean, maybe so. Yeah. That certainly could be it as well. I mean, anything you could do to not have right. to talk about that exactly. would certainly be would certainly be pretty good. Um, so, and lastly, before we go to break here, and we will get to the uh, the future Super Bowl odds a little bit later, but um, we talk about this, and I said this, and this is no joke. Cincinnati is going to spend their first round pick on an offensive lineman so long as whatever offensive lineman isn't just complete garbage that's left there. Burrow sacked seventy times in twenty one games this season. That is the third most. In NFL history, they're going to hit the they're going to hit the free agent market for offensive linemen, but I think they're going to do it in the draft as well. I think they have to do both. I yeah. mean, they could replace all five guys pretty much I at this say. point. They really, really could. We'll do fruit baskets on the other side here. Who helped us win some bets? I think you know who did if you watched yesterday. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. VSIN has a great new offer that can only be described as what can it be described as, Kelly? You get VEASAN all access to everything we do from now through the College Basketball Championship on April the 4th for only $29. Sign up now and get our daily best bet emails, 24-7 video access, the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, bracket breakdowns, plus full access to VEASAN.com with our exclusive betting split breakdowns on every single game. This deal only happens once a year, so don't miss out. VEASAN.com slash madness to sign up today. The deal can only be described as madness. Some bets are more fruitful than others. Let's find out who deserves a fruit basket of their own for helping the primetime action crew win this weekend. So we do this every single Monday. We talk about how we won some bets. You know, it's been a pretty good month. It's been a pretty good month for everybody here on set and it'll kind of continue to roll over here with me with my first couple of guys in which my fruit basket is going to go to Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup they went ahead and decided to connect several times on the final drive well their final scoring drive of the game to go ahead and give the Rams the victory now this was a very weird type of emotional thing for me obviously Jesus H. Burrow is uh, I'm I'm rooting for him he's going to get his chance again I'm not too worried about that um, but a three-point exactly, well, I guess a four-point, two-point, one-point, but a three-point win was exactly what the doctor ordered for myself, for Kelly Bidlin as well. We had the Rams Super Bowl futures. We loaded up on some plus four-and-a-half on the Bengals as well to go ahead and try to hedge off of that. Well, if they win, but they only win by three, that means we win the whole damn thing, and that is exactly what we did. So, uh, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Stafford Cup, for hooking up for the millionth time this season and going ahead and getting that home for us with a three-point 
victory. My second one goes out to the refs there in that in that game on that towards the end. Third and goal. What could only be described, I will, I will call it a makeup call. We had Mike Pereira on, and he wouldn't go as far as to say it was a makeup call. I will go as far as to say it was a makeup call. It was a very, very light touching. It was certainly not a hold on third down by any stretch of the imagination. It was called holding, which gives the Rams a fresh set of downs in which they end up going ahead and punching it in the end zone again. Thank you for that ref who decided you know what? We're going to let them play all game. Let's let them play. Let's let them play until the final two minutes when I'm going to get involved here on what was at best a ticky-tack call there on that one. But, hey, again, it did go ahead and uh, get us home there with the three-point victory that keeps us within the number with the Bengals. My third one I'm going to give to Joe Burrow here. Listen, a very gutty performance all game long. I mean, even in the second half, I mean, listen, they made adjustments. He kept getting beat up. Dude had his knee ripped in the wrong direction. Still goes out. Still comes back in the game. Anyway, he keeps his team within the four and a half here in order to get us to scoop the whole enchilada here. I mean, listen, this is as obvious a, a as obvious an offseason as any team has ever had in its history. You have a quarterback on his rookie deal. You have one of the top 10 wide receivers in the league on his rookie deal. You have two ancillary receivers that are still on rookie deals. You have it all right now. If you have an offensive lineman, maybe you add another corner in there so Eli Apple isn't getting toasted up and down the field. But outside of that, it is a pretty simple offseason here for Cincinnati. You know exactly what you need to do. Protect that man right there. He's going to the Hall of Fame so long as he can actually keep knees underneath him, but that is to be determined. Cincinnati do the right thing. And then finally, I'll go ahead and give this to, to Sean McVay as well. And I'm giving this to Sean McVay because he was a dunce several times yesterday. He continued to run the ball on first down, even though they were having pretty much as, as much success as you could possibly have throwing the ball against Cincinnati's defense. And man, it doesn't matter. He's only 36 years old. He's got that old school mentality at him and he's going to establish the damn run. He's going to establish it. And he kept establishing it to the tune of 1.8 yards per carry, which kept this thing close, which again allowed us to scoop the whole thing because I think there was an opportunity for this Rams team had they kept throwing the ball, kept throwing the ball, kept throwing the ball. They probably could have got this thing outside of the number, but Sean McVay decided, nah, man, I really, really like these runs for one yard into the middle of the, uh, into the middle of the defense. And he kept doing it over and over and over again. It was a gift every single yeah. time if, that he did. It. If people haven't seen it yet, you need to go, go either on a box score. I think I retweeted it even of just the running back carries in the game. It's so sad. It is like two yards and minus one yard, four yards, minus two yards. It is. It's very pathetic. And we, we were going nuts in here during the game about that. Adam, you're up. Yeah, I'm going to follow suit with you. Sean McVay gets one from me, too, because you know what? I was on the Bengals plus four and a half here, and I don't know if that gets through if Sean McVay calls a better game. You know, I mean, the, the Bengals just didn't do much offensively in this game. They couldn't do anything on third down. They couldn't stay on the field. And McVay just kept putting Stafford in third and long, you know, second and long. He'd run on second and 10, you know, and look, the one of the few times that he actually threw on first down was a first and 15 after Kendall Blanton's false start, but the only false start they called in the game, even though there could have been multiple other ones. Uh, but yeah, Sean McVay, I just, I, I really 
did not get the play calling. I expected him to be conservative with a lead. He didn't have one throughout most of the game, but that was a big part of my handicap because that's what he does. He mm-hmm. just keeps running it into the line, even though, you know, his line is obviously much better at pass protection than it is against the run. And I'll also give a nod to the officials here as well, because as I talked about, the Bengals could not stay on the field. You know, they were awful on third down in this game, three for 14. They had the one big strike to T. Higgins where he got away with that face mask. It was a pretty obvious call on replay, but they didn't call it in real time. Uh, And I think the officials are a big reason why the four and a half got there because that play was able to stand, although it did get a little bit dicey at the end, obviously, as you mentioned. And furthermore, on that third down play, the soft holding call, both tackles for the Rams moved early. Yes. Very yes. early. Thank yes. you. And it I was, was even yelling at that during the bedcast. I'm like, that was a false start. Yeah. I'm like, I think I just saw multiple Rams players jump early. Yes. And they didn't call it at Not all. Not one, but two. Right. Yes. So, look, I mean, I, I guess I, I'm glad the Rams won it in regulation because if that game goes to overtime, I'm pretty sure I end up finding some way to lose Bengals plus four yeah. and a half. Uh, but, yeah, Sean McVay and, and the officials get one for me. And, you know, look, uh, I, I – the one thing I can say about the Rams here, their talent won out because their coaching didn't help them a whole lot on offense. It was their talent that won out here in the Super Bowl and, and really won out in the playoffs overall. Midland, Midland, your turn, my friend. I, I just combined them all in one, basically. Okay. This is like this is just the final drive fruit basket. I love, A, that we all, we all did the refs, but we did it for different reasons, too. A- Adam brought up from the Bengals side of things. Oh, mine's just solely on the Rams side of things. It was the that last drive, Matt, and we're sitting here with futures, the Bengals plus four and a half, and what's going to happen? It's either going to be the best night ever or it's not going to be It's going to be an unfortunately rough kind of night. So thank you, Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup. Unbelievable job going all the way down the field. Refs helping out with that phantom holding call. And, yes, the false starts that could have been there that were definitely there. Um, and then, hey, finally getting in the end zone. It, didn't it feel like a little bit while we were sitting here watching it? Like, they can get all this help they can, they can, can uh, they're getting, but are they ever going to actually get in the end zone? And then it was easy, that back shoulder little fade to Cooper Cup in the end zone. So fruit baskets all around. Cash those futures. Cash the Bengals plus four and a half. Beautiful middle, middle, and we love those middles so much, Matt Brown. Uh, let's see where we go next. Blue Gatorade, Blue Gatorade, one of two props I actually hit on the night. Four to one, <laughs> easiest handicap in the world. Blue Gatorade is the best Gatorade. There are multiple flavors of Gatorade that are blue that are above the competition. It's the only handicap I do with this every year. I play it every year. Four to one, got home with it last night. Blue Gatorade. Fruit basket to you, or Gatorade, or whoever makes Gatorade. I guess to the University of Florida. Uh, we're going Harold Varner. Harold Varner oh, the yeah. third. HV3. Really the only guy that won me too much money in golf this week, just fading him in every matchup I could after the $1 million 92-foot putt or whatever that he knocked down in, in, in the Middle East the week before. I had a feeling he was going to struggle uh, this past weekend, and he did mightily missing the cut. That was an easy, easy matchup play against Harold Varner this week. So thank you, Harold Varner. I'll send a fruit basket your way. And then how about some UFC? I'm going all, all around. Hey, uh, Matt, remember when Jordan Sherwood kind of blew us off on Thursday? He was 4-0 on his main card pick, so I had a nice little night. Izzy, uh, I'll go Israel Adesanya with a fu- uh, fruit basket here. Izzy is getting kind of predictable these days, Matt. You talked about it on Thursday. Just He's like Floyd Mayweather in the ring these days. He's just going to get in there and score points. He's not necessarily going to knock you out every time. He's going to mess around with you. The, I have a feeling both those guys ended up getting injured in that fight, which might have helped, but easily won the first few rounds and got him home by decision at plus 180. Nice little hit on Saturday night before we even got to the Super Bowl. So, Israel Adesanya, fruit basket for you. Yes, I guess I should have thrown one uh, Tony Finau's way. Had a, had, a, had a good 
good run of going up against him uh, in the golf tournament this past week, betting against him in every single head-to-head humanly possible. So uh, thank you, Tony Finau, for not showing up. Something's not right with him here at the beginning of the season there, Kelly. He is not playing very good. We'll hit on golf a little bit later in the show as well. And then, yeah, I actually um, I had me some Tuivasa as well in uh, on the UFC. Me too. So, yeah, yeah nice had hit. me some Tuivasa. That said, I mean, we got incredibly lucky. <laughs> he was getting rocked that We got fight. incredibly yeah. lucky because <laughs> 99.9% of humans get deaded by those shots that Derek Lewis was landing. And just we just happened to have the 0.01% of human beings that can actually withstand the, that. That is the, 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 the best and worst part of betting UFC right there. It's, it's one shot, right? One shot's yeah. all it takes sometimes you can get dominated and one shot takes you down we're going to talk some nhl with andy mcneil and he'll tell me why i made my bet that i made tonight it's primetime action here on visa the nikki glazer podcast her roast of tom brady stole the show now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the nikki glazer podcast i said tell tom brady that i'm the tom brady of roasting lots of people roasted the goat but only nikki is still being talked about every time i refresh my dms it's 14 blue check marks of people i didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me hear that in all episodes of the nikki glazer podcast on america's number one podcast network iheart open your free iheart app and search the nikki glazer podcast to start listening If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is a Monday edition of primetime action here on VSIN. Now joining us, my man, my favorite Canadian, and even more. My favorite Canadian after this morning when I woke up to a nice little te- direct message telling me to vote, I mean, telling me to bet against the Kraken tonight. Andy McNeil joining us here. You can find all his work over on vsin.com. You can find him over on the Twitter machine at Digital Gambler as well. Andy, I did bet it. Minus 1.5 goals at plus 110. Tell me why I did that. Well, I'm I'm a little bit surprised that you didn't beat me to it, uh, actually. So I figured you would have got down on that one right at open. But, uh, well, the the reason why you did that is because the Maple Leafs and the Kraken could not be, uh, you know, more opposite. The you know these two teams are are, are complete polar opposites, and uh, Toronto is the the best team by expected goals in the NHL, and and puck luck really hasn't been on their side over the last couple of games, despite the fact that they outplayed both of their last two opponents. Um, You know, prior to those two losses, they've won 10 of 13 games, and they've been scoring uh, about five goals per game on average. Uh, Meanwhile, the Kraken had been allowing about uh, four and a half goals uh, per game on average, and you know, no, only only three or four teams in the league 
um, have allowed more, more goals in the crack in this season. So it's just a, a terrible matchup for Seattle. They all are, they, they, and they don't really have any any home ice advantage. They've played 26 games at Climate Pledge Arena. I think that's what it's called. It's it's some stupid <laughs> name like that. And uh, and and they've they've lost 17 of those games, and 15 of those losses have have been by two goals or more. So this is a really good spot for the the, the Maple Leafs to you know find their offensive game again and. Um, at plus money earlier in the day, I, I, it was a great bet. I think the Maple Leafs will cover the puck line, um, you know, more than 50% of the time. So anytime you can get a, a plus money bet with those kind of odds, uh, it's it's a value bet. Well, I, I'm appreciative of that because I need to get back in the black on my hockey bets this year. This will do it for me if we are able to get there. So I'm, I, I need this to get home. Plus, I also hate the Kraken. There's also that. <laughs> There's also that. Right, Andy, I want to ask you about the other late game tonight here, 735 Pacific time puck drop between Edmonton and San Jose. And, and it does feel like the Oilers have kind of leveled off a little bit now after playing really poorly for a long period of time. They had a few different COVID pauses to deal with and all of that. Are the Oilers sort of finding their stride or are they still a team that you're worried about? Uh, they're a team that I'm worried about, you know, simply because they're new coach. Nobody on their new coaching staff can play goal and they've still, you know, it's still down to Mike Smith and maybe Miko Koskinen, although he's out right now, but uh, Stuart Skinner is going to get the start tonight. And the, the Oilers, you know, they've only had, they only played one game so far under their new head coach, uh, Jay Woodcroft. And, you know, he was the guy for their um, American hockey league affiliate, uh, the Bakersfield Condors. Um, and they won a championship uh, a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, lots of rave reviews uh, from, from anybody that follows that team. So people around the Oilers are excited right now, um, you know, as far as they're having a new coach, somebody uh, that maybe a new voice in the, the room. I mean, there's some very talented players on this team. Um, but the defensive deficiencies are going to be, uh, you know, it's going to take some work to clean that up. And um, it's sharks are nothing at, at this price. I was a bit surprised that the, the line got up this high. Um, I didn't expect the, the Oilers to, to get up around minus 160, which is where they are now. Um, you know, I, I think they're they're going to win the game more often than not, but um, I, I'd line this one closer to plus 125 uh, for the San Jose Sharks. So at plus 135, I think the Sharks are an all right bet. Um, but uh, yeah, this Oilers team, they, they you know, they've obviously got a lot of skill, um, but uh, until they, they really, you know, show us something on a, on a kind of consistent basis of maybe over the next 10 games here uh, with this new coaching staff. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of hard to, to buy into what anything that they do in the short term. Andy, we have a game that is going down in about 10 minutes in the Minnesota wild and the, and the uh, Detroit Red Wings right now, we got the wild way up. I mean, you can find as high as if you, you know, you can find as minus, high as minus one is minus two sixty out there. Um, minus two thirty five at DraftKings plus one ninety. If you want the Red Wings, uh, Red Wings kind of middle of the pack. They're about 500 ish on the season. What are you? I mean, I know you don't have a bet in on this one, but what are your initial thoughts here? Yeah, I mean the Red Wings—they're—they're they're not going to make the playoffs. It's—it's—they're going to kind of play out the rest of the season trying to, but it's—it's uh, it's, you know a delusional uh, mission that's for sure. Um, the Wild—they're one of the best offensive teams in the league. 
Uh, it would have been nice to get Thomas Grease in goal for the Red Wings tonight. It is going to be Capo Kakinen in goal for the Wild, and he's been a lot better than, than Cam Talbot this year. Um, you know, and the line really hasn't moved, uh, minus 235. I haven't had a chance to run my numbers again since uh, Nedeljkovic was announced as the, the starting goaltender for the Red Wings just about 20 minutes ago. But um, I, I'm, I was showing a little bit of value on the, the puck line and the money line, uh, obviously. But um, I think if you, if you are going to go for a bet on this game, I don't think the Minnesota Wild at minus one and a half goals are a, a bad bet at plus 105. Andy, I want to ask you about a game that's actually coming up on Wednesday night. Big game out here in Las Vegas between Colorado and the Golden Knights. And Jack Eichel expected to play in that game for Vegas here. What do you think his return means for the Golden Knights? And, I mean, is is anybody going to get remotely close to catching Colorado in the Western Conference? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the way that the, the rate at which the Avalanche have been winning. I mean, they haven't even been playing that well at times, and they're just steamrolling teams. So, um, it doesn't look like anybody's going to catch them. And Vegas, um, you know, it looks like they're going to have to deal with with uh, without Stone. So while they are getting Jack Eichel back, Mark Stone is is placed on uh, a long-term injured reserve. Uh, that frees up some cap space. Um, not sure what other moves they're going to make to, to make this all work or um, how long Stone is going to be on injured reserve. But, uh, you know, he, the, the addition of Jack Eichel more than makes up for the the absence of of Mark Stone. Uh, Stone is a, a great player, an elite player in his own right, but Eichel is uh, probably one of the the you know top five players in the world uh, when he's at the, the when he's at his peak. So um, assuming he's going to play a, a you know a full uh, kind of sixty minute role um, for the the Golden Knights uh, on the on the top power play and whatnot, um, then I think they'll they'll be just fine. They'll be as good, if not. Uh, better in theory uh, than they have been this season when healthy. So, um, you know, the Avalanche, it's, it's, they're coming in. I, I believe um, they play tomorrow against in or no at home versus Dallas. So they'll be on the second half of a back to back on Wednesday. Uh, Vegas is going to be a favorite. They wouldn't, they, they, I, I believe I, I checked and I would have had them around minus 145 or minus 150 if, Mark Stone and, and Jack Eichel were in the lineup together. But since there is that trade-off, um, I'm guessing a, a fair line for that game would probably be around minus 130 uh, or, or thereabouts in favor of the Golden Knights. Andy, uh, you do a lot with the metrics, and as you said, you run your own numbers and all that. So I'm kind of curious what your numbers are telling you right now about some teams that are maybe in line for some positive or negative regression, maybe teams that you're looking to back or teams that you're looking to fade here in the near term. Um, well, yeah, I mean, there, there are some teams that I don't think are, are going to see any positive progression, like the, the Philadelphia Flyers, uh, for example. They're, they're a team that's um, you know probably going to trend uh, in the exact same direction that they have been for the rest of the season. Um, they've just learned that Sean Couturier won't be back for the remainder of the season. They're still missing several other key players. So, you know, they're a team that I think you can keep kicking even though they're down. Um, but the Washington Capitals are a team that I'm, I'm looking at. I mean, TJ Oshie is, is still out, and he's had a really tough season. He's only played about half of the games so far this year. But 
Um, they started out the season really, really good. They, they Their underlying metrics were extremely strong. Uh, as, as far as their expected goal share uh, on aggregate, they were one of the best teams in the league, and they were doing this, um, you know, without T.J. Oshie and without Nicholas Backstrom, um, and and even Evgeny Kuznetsov at times. Um, and now they're they're back and they're close to being fully healthy here, and they've really been playing poorly over the last month. So, um, you know, they're a team that I think can flip the switch and and look to, uh, to start the trend in the right direction down the stretch here. But uh, it'll be something to monitor for sure. You can find him on the Twitter machine at Digital Gambler. You can find him over on VEASAN.com with all of his daily insights into the NHL. He is Andy McNeil. Andy, go Toronto. My favorite team in hockey tonight. Maybe even of the week. Maybe my favorite hockey team of the week even. (laughs) Go Leafs, go. There we go. Andy McNeil, everybody be sure and take in his work over on VEASAN.com every single day. And as you mentioned, I mean, this is a guy who's not just kind of doing this off a of feel or whatever. He runs his own numbers, things like that. Yeah, no, I really respect his work. He's part of the hockey community that I have great respect for here in, in terms of hockey betting. And, you know, look, it, it's one of those things, too, where you're always looking for opportunities. And I agree with him on the Capitals, whose power play has really struggled this year with all those key injuries that they've had. Kelly, you not getting in on this bet with me or what? Meh, Maybe. Huh? Maybe. I got NBA going like What's your, I'm, uh, I'm reading all about the Super Bowl MVP voting process for us to discuss later. Which we will on the other side at the top of the hour here. It is primetime action on a Monday. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. Give your glucose alerts and readings from the G7. Do not match symptoms or expectations. Use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.